Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. came out yes you know, we do just a mere 52 years ago my team won the super bowl so you know <laughs> they're probably doing another i don't know 20 or 30 oh my goodness ah uh, well hello out there welcome to middle age warriors of course i think you got an idea what this show is going to be about mr yeah. rick chris great to be here i cannot believe that we're sitting here in early february we had a huge snowfall in the northeast and yeah, we're still uh, digging out <laughs> and it's uh it's super bowl time and that's, and Valentine's Day is around the corner. And What's that? Oh. President's Day is around the corner. Oh, that too. Mm-hmm. And spring training is That's around the corner. That's more important. Now, we're, now talking. we're talking. Now we're cooking with gas. But we've got to wrap up the football season, which I guess, you know, we went into this thing, of course, in every season now in, in this, you know, pandemic period. There's always a question Will the you know will the the virus take over and start to really shut teams down completely? But they did a pretty good job containing it through this football season. I they think really so. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's something. I mean, we're having we're going to have another Super Bowl in Tampa. How many people are going to be there? So from what I'm reading, I think it's fourteen and a half thousand, and then it said something about uh, seventy five hundred people uh, who are frontline workers and who have been vaccinated. Uh, they're going to be able to get in for free. So I don't know if that's in addition. I have a feeling that's in addition to. I know they've created these these pods mm-hmm. uh, where people will be sitting and everybody has to keep their mask on the entire time, obviously. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what? If I lived in Florida uh, and I were near Tampa, I would just go and try and tailgate <laughs> And hang out in the parking yeah. lot. I don't. I don't know if that's a. You know, who knows if, what, what's allowed and what's not allowed. What I found interesting, though, in all of this is the the average. That they. I saw something that was the average lowest ticket price uh, for resale that you would see online. And uh, this year, it's eight thousand six hundred and thirteen dollars, which apparently is an increase by thirty percent from last year. So I guess with less tickets available. You know, they're uh, higher in demand. Yeah, your, yeah. your demand. So uh, apparently, you know, the thing about this particular Super Bowl, I'm curious to see what happens. You know, it's the, the story. I think really is is Tom Brady, obviously, 
changing teams and then magically somehow finding himself back in the Super Bowl. Amazing. He must be skilled in something. I don't know I what it is. So. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, these two teams, one's in the middle of the country, one's down on the west coast of Florida. I'm not sure how tremendous the interest is. I don't think this is going to be, I don't know, do you think it's going to be one of the most watched Super Bowls? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it may be like a train wreck in the sense that you don't want to look, but you can't help it because what else is there to, yeah. to look at? I don't know. I mean, I guess there's that. I, I, You know, Super Bowl week has always been just so much fun as a member of the media, meaning me and you, mm-hmm. you know, working in TV, working in radio. Everything was always so Super Bowl franchised and geared towards whatever shows we were doing um and of course the the gathering the social aspect of of super bowl sunday um i remember there was a movement years ago they were trying to make the day after super bowl sunday a national holiday well it almost is i mean you know i guaranteed if you look statistically across the country there were probably more people either had taken the monday after super bowl off or called in sick, one or the other. But, um, you know, this year, like you said, again, like everything else, a little bit different. I'm sure the gatherings are going to be smaller. But that also being said, where else are people going to go? So maybe just by the fact that most people are home and have no other place to really be, maybe the viewership will be up somewhat. The gatherings won't, but uh, maybe the viewership, you know, will on whole be up. So we've got some interesting things about this Super Bowl in terms of just trivia alone. Yeah. Uh, we've got a quarterback, obviously, who's you know 43. And he's how, a middle-aged warrior. He, we have a middle-aged warrior out there. Uh, he's on the lower end of it, but uh, certainly middle-aged and certainly a warrior. But on the other side, on the KC side, we've got a baby. I mean, how old is he? 25. 25, Mahomes. Yeah, so, he'll be 26 in the fall. You know, I mean, Brady could almost be, who's your daddy? Uh, but uh, <laughs> close. But, you know, you look at the two. But yet, Mahomes, what he showed last year in terms of maturity, this is going to be interesting to see. You've got a you know a veteran, obviously, eventually on his way out. Brady has to some at some point step down. But is this going to be his last hurrah? And do you have somebody like a Mahomes sort of taking the torch from a Brady and becoming one of these quarterbacks that's going to become you know an icon uh, over the next several years? It, it's going to be interesting to see how this matchup plays out. That's for sure. I think you know, and we were talking about this last week when we had uh, Meredith Vieira on with us, talking about the end of the game between Brady and Drew Brees, mm. and the two of them meeting up and hugging in their their families coming out. And I would see this as kind of the passing of the torch, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, I think Brady realizes, first of all, if if you could have a career that he has had and be able to go out on a high note like this, I mean, that's that's a dream career for people. And it was funny, I I saw something today, I think it was on, on the 10th hour of the Today Show, they were talking about apparently his wife and kids and they've decided going into this, uh, Dad, you know, you go somewhere else before the game. So he's sort of been isolated from his family. I don't know whether they think he's too intense, um, how he gets before these big games, but it was really kind of funny to hear that they told him, "Eh, maybe you should go somewhere for a little while before the game, you know, for the next few days. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I guess, I don't know, everybody has a different approach when they have a big event coming up in their lives. I don't know how you feel about it. I prefer to be around my familiar surroundings, whether Mm -hmm. it was 
a show I had to do the next day that was really big or a speaking engagement or whatever. That's an interesting point too that you uh, you brought up in our in our pre-show meeting <laughs> <laughs> and talking about this the first time one of the teams is playing in their home stadium. Yeah. For the Super Bowl. This is going to be interesting Mm -hmm. to the sense. Now, typically, when you would have a full stadium, I I don't even know truly how they distribute uh, the Super Bowl tickets. I've never been. We talked about, you know, we've been to Stanley Cup finals. Right. I've been to the World Series, the last game of the World Series. But I've never been to a Super Bowl. So we're both in that same boat. And I guess another year is going to go by, Rick. We're not going to make it this year. Either. You know what? And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine this year. I don't, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. But uh, the thing about you know being a meteorologist, I was looking through some of the statistics and and just kind of tidbit information about a Super Bowl. And one of the things that I came across it says the NFL has a policy against holding a Super Bowl game in stadiums that have a climate of less than 50 degrees Fahrenheit, unless it's an enclosed stadium. Ding 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 ding. But it did happen here in our metropolitan area here uh, in the tri-state area. It was Super Bowl forty-eight at MetLife Stadium. That was in 2014. That was seven years ago? Yes, believe oh it or not. Goodness. And it was 49 degrees, uh, So, which, by the way, was not the coldest Super Bowl. The coldest Super Bowl, apparently, was Super Bowl six, which was in New Orleans before they had the, the dome. It was in Tulane Stadium. And apparently it was 39 degrees was the kickoff temperature. So actually New Orleans uh, still hosts the coldest Super Bowl, even though they have one up here in, in the tri-state area. You know, but, by the way, the one up in, at MetLife, yeah. it could not have been a more boring Super Bowl ever. It was uh, The Seahawks defeated the Broncos 43-8. to eight. I was having trouble remembering. And they were underdogs. Yeah, which is often the case. You know, who won last year's Super Bowl? Well, we remember now right. the Kansas City one, but I can't tell you who won two years ago. Yeah, it, it kind of becomes a blur the more there are. Yeah. But there have been some amazing endings, and we're going to get to, to some of those, uh, some of the calls of some of the most amazing games along the way. But here's an interesting stat. <laughs> you talk about the being a loser while you're a winner. Which team has played in four Super Bowls but has never led at any point during any of those games? I would guess the Buffalo Bills. Purple? The Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. Can you imagine you were in four? You never even led like three to nothing in the first quarter Yeah, or really. That's just, that's crazy. That That's insane to me. Uh, which player has won the Super Bowl MVP three times? 49ers. Brady. Oh, was it? Joe Montana, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the other interesting thing I came across was the Super Bowl is the <clears throat> second most watched sporting event in the world every year. That doesn't surprise me, actually. No? When you think about... Well, I guess when you take the world into... Right. Right. I don't think in this country, but it's the soccer, soccer. champions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the most watched. The other thing, uh, which team was the first team to win five Super Bowls? First team. Of course, now we have... I would you know, guess Brady. Pittsburgh. Now, they were in it a lot, but it was actually the 49ers. There was that run. Really? Yeah, there was that uh, just a tremendous run. There are actually four four guys. You know, even my Jets, while we played that up at the beginning, uh, 1969, I was, I think, seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching the game with my aunt and uncle who had just gotten married. They, was, they were pretty young. Uh, they were in their 20s. They were kind of like the hip young couple, I remember. And we watched it by my folks' house on a black and a little black and white television. Sure. And I, re- I can still see, um, I think it was Matt Snell was the running back, Don Maynard and uh, George Sauer. I remember those guys. But to have Namath make a prediction like that, boy, he had a, he had a pair, didn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's interesting is, and you know me as the hockey fan, Mark Messier mm-hmm. 
was probably yeah. nine years old then. And then, of course, all those years later, when mm-hmm. the Rangers got to the Stanley Cup Finals in 1994, and he predicted that we will win tonight. Right. Uh, and that's, it's pretty amazing that we've had these two franchises in New York with the arrogance. <laughs> with with ridiculous droughts right. when they made those statements. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Namath in particular, I mean, the Jets were truly underdogs. I think the Rangers in 1994... Uh, we're not necessarily underdogs. No, against, I don't think they were. The I think yeah. they were really favored to win, but they obviously did deliver. Now, the set, there are four teams that have never played in the Super Bowl. Now, two of them are old teams. They've been around a long time. The Detroit Lions. Okay. And the other, which actually, uh, they beat Pittsburgh this go-around in the playoffs, and maybe we're going to come close, but it's the Cleveland Browns. They almost got there. Oh, really? Can you believe the Cleveland Browns have never been... And the Super Bowl. And the other is the Houston Texans. That was my guess because they used to be the Oilers. Right. right? Yeah. And then the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars have also not been in a Super Bowl. So there's really only four teams. I mean, I guess 55 Super Bowls, you'd, you'd spread it around a little bit eventually. Well, let me ask you a question from your experience for years working under the NBC umbrella mm-hmm. at 30 Rock in New York City. When NBC would cover the Super Bowl in those years, that you were working local right. or even the Today Show on the weekend. What was the feeling around the building Super Bowl time? Well, I, it, it was a big deal. And, you know, NBC, in the building that I worked in 30 Rock, their football headquarters, if you will, their broadcasting headquarters was uh, from there. On the, I think they were on the, I want to say the third floor at the time, and we were on the sixth floor. But I remember I was in the beginning, my first three years at NBC, I was working weekends. I don't know. You know, again, it's all a blur. I don't know if it was 96, 97, or 98, which year we had the Super Bowl. But I remember doing the Sunday night news during the, of the Super Bowl. And yeah, it was huge. And perhaps to this day, we had the biggest audience that I've ever had on a local newscast in the entire time I was in the 24 years I was at WNBC New York. Right? I think that show, that, that show, 11 o'clock newscast of, of the Sunday of the Super Bowl, had the biggest audience, uh, if I remember right, ratings-wise, that I had ever been part of. But yeah, there was an energy, there was an, there was an excitement about that, absolutely. Yeah, no, no yeah, doubt about I, that. I feel a little bit cheated this year. I mean, I always look forward to the Super Bowl. Not that I'm a huge football fan, but I think Super Bowl week, everybody becomes a fan in some way, shape, or form. But this year, I just kind of feel like we're going through the motions. And maybe that's because... Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think we are to a degree. A lot of us are. I mean, that's part of what we're dealing with now, unfortunately. But um, on the other hand, to me, it's one of the rare moments where we have a sense of uh, I'm, I'm making air quotes here, normalcy in our lives. Um, we're supposed to have the Super Bowl. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't have the, the feel leading up to it like others have. I, I think um, Kansas City just is flying in the Saturday. day before. Yeah. yeah, which is unheard of. Which is weird. So you don't have the press conferences. You don't have a lot of the, 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 the pre-stories, blah, 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 leading up to it. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a game. You know, it'll be out. There's not a lot of uh, superfluous stuff going around this other than, you know, Brady at 43 years old. I've got some, some other interesting stuff that's not necessary. But look, what's part of Super Bowl? We talked about house parties. And then, of course, there's food. Now, do you have a favorite? snack that you would like that like this tells me i'm watching the super bowl this is what i have to have i I, it's probably chips and guacamole yep yeah well you're not alone because here's some stats for you and uh if you partake in that again this year you will be part of enjoying eight million pounds of guacamole how is it 
How is it possible that we even know that? Well, this is what I'm curious about. Mm. And then on top of that, the chips. Yeah. Okay, 14,500 tons of chips they claim are eaten along with that guacamole. So there's a lot going on there. <clears throat> but how, again, who measures that? I, I have really. I have, I have no idea. Whose job is that? I have no idea. My my favorite actually, and I love I love fresh guacamole. Which, by the way, a friend of mine a while back told me to try doing this. And for each avocado you put in there, add a, a, a nice hearty tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. Oh, really? And it really does something. To, yeah, it's kind of cool. It kicks it up a little bit. So uh, if you want to give that a shot, go Aren't ahead. Aren't you quite the go chef? Ahead. Well, I'm not exactly, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I love chicken wings. Chicken wings, yeah. that's a football game. It's a little oh, sloppy, yeah. but that's a football game. Not They don't have to be particularly hot. I mean, I like any. I like teriyaki chicken wings. I like any of them. Um, but that kind of, for me, that's like football, and that's like the halftime thing I, I used to look forward to. Wingers, oh, yeah. Now... Of the top 10 most watched American television programs of all time, nine of them are Super Bowls. I mean, that's ridiculous. That really is incredible. That's incredible. I think the standalone uh, was the the series finale of MASH. That's what I was going to guess. And that would have been in 1982 or Now you're really asking me to to go back to some brain cells I probably got rid of a long time ago. Uh, But it was Super Bowl 44 in 2010 that unseated MASH as the most watched show in television history, 106 and a half million viewers. What year was that? That was in 2010. You know, the other thing is always a big, uh, big story is the commercials. Yeah. And to me, uh, this year, I guess Budweiser is not going to be in it. I don't think Pepsi or Coca-Cola, like they, they, they pulled out of it. They're, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what the stance is, but it was always like the Clydesdales. That, that was always part of right. something we look forward to. But we were talking about some of the most famous uh, ads. The one, I guess it was, it a, was it a Pepsi or Coke ad with the jersey, uh, Mean Joe Green? Oh, Mean Joe, that was a Coke ad, yeah. It was a Coke ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there was the Michael Jackson where his hair caught on fire. Mm. Uh, that was in the making of the commercial, yes, not the actual that wasn't commercial. In the, some reason they took that out of the commercial. I'm not yeah. sure what. But uh, there was also, back in 1974, when Farrah, I think it was 74, Farrah Fawcett was kind of coming on the scene. She wasn't yet Charlie's Angels, I don't think, but she did an Oxima shaving cream commercial, and she shaved Joe Namath. Really? Uh, yeah. That, God, that I was, don't even remember that. That. That, was, that was a hot commercial. I got to tell you, the 70s are like a haze. It was, <laughs> it was a haze, but for some reason, sometimes I remember that better than yesterday. I know. That's, that's a whole other issue. But going to the ads, this is really mind-blowing. And this puts it in perspective as to what television has become. Of the cost. Yeah. Now, in 1967, the first Super Bowl, the uh, 32nd spot cost $42,500, which probably seemed like a lot of money. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, But that has now jumped to this year, which I think this year... For 30 seconds. This is 30-second ad. Five and a half million. (laughs) It's crazy. 5.5 million. I don't know how a company can justify that and go, oh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely make it up in the the business because of this commercial. I I don't know how it's done. Not this year. Yeah, it's really kind of... It'll be interesting to see where... I mean, we've seen a a couple of the commercials so far. Um, A lot of them seem to be going back a little bit nostalgically in some cases. And actually, this is down... Only a hundred thousand from last year, which was five point six million. So, uh, but it is incredible to think about. Think about how many commercials there are, and think about at thirty seconds is five and a half million. Kaching, 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 kaching. It's it's going to add up. That's for sure. I would like to just make the commission on one Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, and I I honestly don't know how that works if you sell for 
one of the networks, you know, are you getting 10% of a yeah. $5 million commercial? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally sure about that. But I do know that uh, my daughter-in-law works for Fox Sports, but she works in the, you know, the trap, what they call the traffic area, which is ads, and they move mm-hmm. ads. And she was at the Super Bowl. What was the overtime Super Bowl? Not last year, year before last. Year before last, was they went into overtime? I, you know, I don't and they know were that. literally scrambling and bidding and selling ads on the fly during overtime. Really? Yeah. At ridiculous prices, and so that's insane. It's an insane business, really. His prices it. are insane. They're insane, but uh, you know, just kind of an interesting thing. I, I would have thought, and, and I bet from now on they are a little bit more set up for. If we go to overtime, would you be willing to, you know, buy in? And, would and you be willing to <laughs> cut off your left testicle? Yeah, that too. But you know what's interesting? We were talking about. Um, you talk about the money and the revenue that's coming in. You had said something about what? What is Mahomes' average salary? Uh, I, I think I read something on the internet that said he earns. Is that real? I'm looking 40, at my notes, it says forty-five million. Is that is that the total contract, or is that? Just, it says an average annual salary of forty-five million dollars. Hmm. Okay. That's, well, with that in mind, and put it in perspective, so if you win the Super Bowl. And you're a player who's on the winning team. You get a hundred and twenty-four thousand dollar wow. bonus. And <laughs> don't spend it all in one place. Yeah, I mean, you know, that sounds like fifteen cents <laughs> I know, really. to what they make. And on the losing team, uh, they give you sixty-two thousand dollars and a pat on the ass. Apparently, no. <laughs> yeah, but it depends on who's doing it, I guess. But you know, you look at those numbers, and you know, look at this point, do they really even need any more money? I guess it's more of just a gesture. Than, than throwing it's real money. Probably to help pay for your family to come watch the Maybe. game. Maybe. Oh, yeah, because they, oh, they, yeah. they probably need that too, yes. And they, the other interesting thing, uh, the most watched Super Bowl, do you know what that would have been? Which one? The most watched. Mm. And I'm not really sure why this that year came up that way or not. But. Tell me the year. I'm going to try uh, and remember. It, well, it was the 40, it was uh, Super Bowl 49, you know, okay. the two teams. No, I don't. So we're going back six years. You're going back to uh, to 2015. It oh. was the Seahawks and the Patriots. In any event, 114.4 million people tuned in on that one. It was the Seahawks and, and the Patriots. So that was the most watched. And for those who you know have nothing else to do in thinking why the Super Bowl is measured in Roman numerals. Yes, thank you. The answer to that is, I don't know why they say this, but the season runs over two calendar years. So I get it. So this would be 2021. So I guess to escape having to say Super Bowl 2021 and next year's Super Bowl being 21-22, they go with one number. It's the event, and they go with the Roman numeral. So I don't know why they wouldn't just go 2021. I don't. It's know. pretty lame, actually. Well, you know, and some of these numbers start to get really crazy in Roman numerals. It's like, oh, there's the X, there's a V, then there's an I L, know. that's 50, then the X is before the L, that makes it 40, and then there's two, like... <laughs> I'm doing fourth grade math again, you know. It's, it's this kinda... Super Bowl is L. This is just L. It should be LV, shouldn't it? LV. Right. And in the middle, there's a, like an I. There shouldn't be. That would make it. it... Well, it doesn't look. Um, it's not an I. I think it's it's a trophy holding. Oh, okay. But it looks like LIV. Well, so, before, you know, I want to close out on some stuff. I was doing a little bit of research. We opened up the show with Kurt Gowdy and NBC introducing the 69 Jets and that Super Bowl and Joe Willie Namath, the last time my team has, has won a Super Bowl. 
And there are some just some great finishes, some great plays. That Do you have anything in particular in your head? Uh, there's one that sticks in my head I will remember forever, but do you have any particular I th- play? I think the one I remember was probably 1990 or 91. It was the Bills and the Giants. And sadly, it was not, it was a miss, a missed field goal, the Scott Norwood missed yes. field goal for the Buffalo Bills right. that would have won them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was wide left, I think, right? Laces out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For me, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great ones. There was the um, Montana game-winning pass to, uh, I guess it was John Taylor. And the thing I, about that that was so amazing was, you know, we had Rice that he was hitting nonstop. And he had, I think, Roger Craig also. But yet, for some reason, you know, he went, he went, uh, he went this route. This is what it sounded like. Do you remember what year that was? That was 1989. So he was went. It really? He went with John Taylor. You know, and it was funny because the announcers were just saying how Rice had caught so many passes that game. But I guess the coverage they were all over Rice and potentially on on Craig. So uh, John Taylor was wide open, and that was like a Montana starting his whole role there. I guess he was kind of in the middle of it. Uh, another great finish. Do you remember the uh, uh, Santonio Holmes catch for the Steelers? That game-winning touchdown in that oh, corner of the end zone. Yeah, where he dragged his feet. He dragged his feet. So yeah. here, here's let's see, let's see if we can get a little action on that one. Huh? He was in. Apparently, he was. You think about like clutch moments in somebody's career. What an unbelievable catch! And it was everything. It meant everything. You don't have any more chips on the table uh, with a catch like that. Well, but I'm saving. I'm going to save my my best for last. And it has. (laughs) This one has a little story. We talked about this. Okay. Before before the show. Oh. (laughs) So give you a quick little background in in the television industry. Uh, and radio industry, actually, there are months called sweeps right. where ratings were taken. And you were never allowed to take off uh, any vacation during sweeps. It was all hands on deck. You had to be there. There's there no such thing as, as taking a day off. Even sick in the, in the old age, you better come in. I had a boss at that particular time who felt, well, we're no longer writing diaries in a book in February, November, and May, that type of thing. Uh, it, we were taking ratings every day. Right. So every day was sweeps as far as he was concerned. So you can't say, well, we can never take off. So he flipped it and you take off whenever you wanted to take off. So here it was finally, I could take off on a Monday after Super Bowl. So I'm thinking, this is going to be great. I have a big party at my house. It was the Giants, even though I'm a Jet fan, but it was the Giants against New England. This is a great story. And I was pulling for the, for, for the Giants. And, uh, of course, the Giants now are driving downfield. The end of the game, I think they were trailing 14 to 10. At this point, and let me just play the—I'll I'll play the play first and tell you the background to the story after this. I think. Taking it deeper, but they're fortunate that Samuel did intercept that one. Third down and five. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet 
airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Inside the 25 and a timeout taken. Oh my God. This ball is thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. And not only that, he he had the ball trapped. Remember, trapped against his helmet. Yeah. As he was going down, he, yeah. he had the ball pinched he, again, and he it. didn't lose the ball. It was incredible. However, <clears throat> so <laughs> I, in my house, we had like the ladies were upstairs doing their thing, but you know the guys were down in the man cave. I had the big screen TV and the whole thing, and I see this catch, and I jump up and then come back down on the couch. I'm like, yeah, and I come down, and I came down on the remote control oh, and turned the TV off. <laughs> My friend Mark was looking at me, I swear, like I said before, if he had a sharp object in his hand, it was going to stick it in the side of my head, and I wouldn't have blamed him for it. Oh, man. Uh, I, mad scramble, I grabbed the remote, I put it back on, and we had DVR at the time there, so I, I kind of rolled it back, and we got to see everything all over again. But uh, that, to me, was one of the greatest catches. And then, of course, they went on to score a touchdown, I think with like 39 seconds left, and, and the Giants beat the Patriots. I remember that. That was how many years? 13 years ago? Well, yeah, that was Super Bowl 42. Wow. 13 years ago. So who are you rooting for? Do you care? Um, you know what's funny? I, a few years ago, I kind of took to you know uh, pulling for the Chiefs, and I, I, and I like Kansas City. Yeah, me too. Um, I have family in Kansas City. And I, I'm going to pull for the Chiefs to win, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to give you my prediction. My prediction, I'm going with uh, 34-27 Tampa Bay. 34-27, Tampa Bay. Okay. I'm going to write that one down. Uh, do you have a prediction? Um, I do not. I. Oh, come on. you got to give me something. Throw something um, out We need it for the next episode. All right. You know what? I'll go with... Lunch. The... Soup is not a lunch, Jerry. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Okay. And I will say that they are going to win... 24-17. So basically, I'm going to be rooting for your team to win. So uh, yeah. I'll be rooting for the buy lunch. That's all right. I can, I can handle that. But uh, I think we covered a lot, of, a lot of fun facts about the Super Bowl. I hope folks get a chance to uh, just relax, stay home, enjoy. It stay George safe. and Jerry, this is a show about nothing. This is kind of a show about <laughs> nothing about Super Bowl history. But, uh, but, you know, again, it is a national event. It really is. It is. And it's nice that we're still able to have this uh, in this year where we've lost a lot of things and haven't been able to do a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, you know, I look forward on Sunday to sitting back. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a good game. You know, I don't want it to be right. one of those 43 to whatever games that happened here in the Meadowlands in 2014. Um, we've had some pretty good Super Bowls lately, some pretty tight finishes. So I let's think hope, so. You know, I can't remember them, but I know we have. Yeah, they've been, they've been pretty tight. So let's, let's hope we have that. Any final closing thoughts, Mr. Rick Summers? No. Um, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, I can't believe we're Super Bowl, Valentine's Day, uh, President's Day. We're about to jump into spring training, and before you know it, it's going to be Easter. And well, you, be... you seem to be shocked that time actually moves forward. It's amazing. Well, right? 
You've been doing shocked. this for a few years now. You're, you're surprised at it? Well, I'm shocked at how quickly it's going by. <laughs> yeah, it does, please. Yeah. There's not enough. You know, it's funny when you were in, when you were in school, in grade school, you know, it's like, oh, second grade, came with the third, fourth grade, and the high school, oh, I'm, a, I'm just a freshman. I want to be a senior. And then, yeah. And it seems much more drawn out, but now, blurs, 40s, 50s, they just, whoop, they're there. Here is. today, gone tomorrow. All right, so uh, we'll see how the middle-aged warrior representative Tom Brady does in the bowl, and uh, and we'll go from there. We'll catch you guys next time. Sunshine always. Stay safe. Be well. Be good. Feel good. Thank you for checking us out. Middle-aged warriors, Chris and Rick, and we'll catch you the next time. You're the best team. Or something like that. Go Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in and joining us on the Believe Podcast Network here on Middle Age Warriors. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. It would be a big help. Five stars would be great. Thanks. Also, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Your mileage may vary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.